let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. Come on, you can do better than that. If that was for me, it would be okay. But I said, let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Hallelujah. Isn't he worthy of the praise? I said, isn't he worthy of the praise? Amen. You may take your seats. Amen. Hallelujah. For those that can, amen. Those that are under the anointing, amen. Let's not disturb them. Allow God to do what He's doing in their life. Amen. I believe that God is doing something amazing. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God is good. Amen. God is good. And what we say, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. We serve a good, good God. Turn your Bible with me if you can to Jeremiah chapter 33 verses 1 to 3. Amen. Once again, uh, no tears did say it. We want to welcome all those that are visiting for the first time. Amen. Uh, may the Lord bless you and thank you for visiting JCMI. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray you don't leave disappointed. Amen. But rather bless. Amen. Caitlin, is that you? <laughs> you know, my eyes are terrible. Eh? I've been seeing, I've been saying, who's that lady over there? I've never seen her here before. I didn't even know it's you. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Amen. Glad to have you. Amen. Brother Paul, it's so nice to have you. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you so much. Amen. And everybody else. Amen. If you're visiting, amen, just wave your hand to me. Amen. Bless you. See, there is tears you never see here. Eh? i got better eyes than you. God bless you so much. Amen. Thanks so much for visiting. Amen. Hallelujah. Dylan, it's so nice to see you. And Lee. Amen. God bless you guys so much. Amen. Hallelujah. Glad to be in the house of God. Amen. God is doing something new in JCMI. Is that Colleen at the back? Yo, Colleen. So small at the back over there. <laughs> so nice to see you, Colleen. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 1 to 3. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you there? If not, say, wait for me. Okay, so everybody's there, so no one said wait for me. But everybody's looking at the screen. Amen. Jeremiah 33, verses 1, right? Cool stuff here. Yeah. Amen. There's a song they say, do something new in my life. Something. I know that song, right? In my Something new. Ah. Hey, everybody, when the, somebody sings and then it just goes quiet. Do something new, do something new. Something new. Something new in my life. As they said, I started low, so I'm not sure. Should I be like, do something new? Try them on. Aye. <laughs> In my life. Is it still slow? Low? See all these high and lows. I don't know. I just sing me. I just sing. I don't know. Jared, you know about highs and lows. All we just do is sing, right? Whether it sound right or it's high or low. We don't know these things. We just sing, right? Yeah, that's what we do. We just sing. Amen. Are you in Jeremiah chapter 33? Amen. I believe that God is an amazing God. Amen. And God is about to bring something new to your life. Amen. He's about to bring something new. Jeremiah 33 verses 1. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the God, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. Somebody say a second time. 
The amazing thing about the Lord that I that I found out is that even when God speaks, sometimes God would speak to us once, but He doesn't leave us hanging. Amen. If we don't do it the first time that He spoke, He'll come and speak to us again. Amen. Uh, some look at somebody say, He heard the Lord the second time. Amen. So there have been things I believe that God has been speaking to you about. The first time you never get it. And he now has to speak to you the second time. So that you can get that which he told you to do. He says break up with that person the first time. You never break up with that person. So he has to come and remind you the second time. Huh? He said leave those friends the first time. You never leave the friend. So he has to come and remind you the second time. He says, delete that music off your phone. It doesn't glorify me. He told you the first time. Now he has to come and remind you the second time. He says, stop watching pornography and masturbating and this fornication things the first time. So now he has to come what? The second time. And sometimes even the second time is not good enough. He has to come the third time. And he has to remind us again. And in the third time, it's still not good enough. He has to come. And the problem is this is that we fail to hear the voice of God over our lives. And when you fail to hear the voice of God over your life, you, you get stuck in one place. You become stagnant. But God is doing something new today. He's speaking to you again. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, while Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the God, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. Let's see what it says, verses 2. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Verses 3. Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Now, let's pause. Let's go to verses 2 for a minute. Verses 2, God is reaffirming who he is in your life. God was reaffirming to Jeremiah that he is the God of the one who made the heavens and the earth, the one who established the earth. The Lord is his name. Basically, he's trying to, he's identifying himself. He's giving himself or he's telling Jeremiah, this is who I am and this is the person that is speaking to you. Sometimes God needs to reintroduce himself to us because we don't know who he really is. Sometimes he has to reintroduce his power to us because we don't really understand the kind of power that he has. Sometimes they need to introduce his faithfulness to us because we don't know that he has been he's a faithful God. Sometimes he has to introduce his strength to us because the Bible says when we are weak, that's when he is strong. I believe that God is reintroducing himself to some of you because you have forgotten who he is. Some of us have forgotten that the God that we serve is a loving God has. Some of us have forgotten. Why? Because we disqualify ourselves. We tell ourselves that we're not good enough, we're not pretty enough, we're not smart enough, we're not worthy enough. So God has to reintroduce himself as a God of love. The God that despite whatever you have done, despite your mess, despite your faults, guess what? I'm still the God of love and I can still restore you. So God has to come and reintroduce himself to us. May the Lord reintroduce himself. Amen. Amen. So he says that this is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. That is his name. And then he says in verses 3, Call unto me and I will answer you. And I'll tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So he says, call unto me and I will answer you. You see, the problem with most of us is that we don't call to God. 
And maybe some of us can say, Pastor, I do call to God, but I haven't heard an answer. It is a requirement that when you call, you have to wait for an answer. But most of us call without waiting for an answer promise. We just call. And then when we have finished call, we leave. When I call my son or my daughter, I'm expecting an answer from them. When I don't get an answer, I get worried. What is wrong with them? Why are they being disrespectful? How can they not answer me when I call? How can they not talk back to me when I call their name? And it's the same mindset that I have when I enter into the presence of God. That it will be disrespectful for God. That if I talk to him and he doesn't talk back to me. Oh, I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying. It's disrespectful on behalf of God that if I talk to him, he doesn't talk back to me. What kind of God is that? I'm talking and he's silent. In most cases... It is not that God is silent or God doesn't talk. It is that you don't have an ear to hear that God is talking. Or if God had spoken, you ignored his voice because it was going against with your emotionalism. No, you don't like me today. It was going against your emotionalism or how you were feeling at that time. Because sometimes when you talk to God, you want your emotions to answer, but not God to answer. And when your emotions answer you, okay, but when God answers you, like, oh, the devil is a liar. Satan, get behind me. I bind and I rebuke you. I command you out. And God's saying, hey, you rebuking my voice, but I was talking to you. But because they never go with how you were feeling and it never give you what you wanted, you thought that it was the devil means it was me amen so sometimes emotion i'm so i think i was talking to leroy the other day and i was saying to him it's very scary in terms of hearing the voice of god especially with, when it comes to the prophetic it's very scary because sometimes emotionalism can take place i can prophesy over your life and then i can get emotional about the prophecy that i gave you so i can say uh we spoke about sugar to you right we, uh, Unrelated, we said Sister Zenny went to go buy sugar, or someone went to go buy sugar and stuff, and a packet of sugar, and Sister Zenny testified, a small one, that she was the one that went to go buy the sugar and stuff. And then all the wind, when the Lord showed the image of the sugar, that, that was the doorway into the rest of the things that God would say prophetically to her. So the sugar was the doorway, so you saw the image of the sugar. Now, all the scene that image, there's something else that God was trying to say. So then we calculated, I said, blah, 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 20 something years now. I don't remember clearly. And I said, what happened in your life within those 20 something years? And then she mentioned what happened within her life. And then we said that the reason why God showed the sugar, it meant that for 20 something years, it has been sour. But now the, the sugar is represented of something that is sweet. So God is going to sweeten. So all those years that she mentioned and things that she went through what was it it was that you heard once but you never allow emotionalism to get in between because you could have been emotional about the situation but you had to allow the word of god and what god said about the individual to come to pause and emotionalism and when you hear the word of god london i don't care who you are i will give you the word I don't care your status, I will give you the word. I don't care your family background, whether you're poor, whether you're rich, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're educated or uneducated. What must come to you, brother Paul, is the word of God. Because there's nothing else that is able to transform an individual's life but the word of God. My emotionalism can't transform you. What I feel about you can't transform you. But the thing that transforms someone's life is the word of God. He says, the word of the Lord came to me. So some of you need the word of the Lord that will come to you. Nothing else but the word of the Lord, because that word transforms your life. And that's why we, we, we were brought up in churches that uh, the prophets, they prophet lie. 
and they, they lie to us and they tell us God is going to give us a house in five days. If you turn around, the miracles happening. You get in a car, you get in a house. Everybody's getting a car and, and everybody's getting a house. We become overwhelmed in the house of God. Amen. Blessing everybody with cars and houses. And yet, the fornication, I can't give you the word of God for. Yet the, the line, I can't give you the word of God for. It means that we have become emotionless, emotional, emotional in the presence of God. Either, to the point where that even though God would speak to us and God would want to direct, uh, correct something in our lives, you're more concerned about pastor, prophet, sign, the call, the house, the money, the favor, the job, the promotion, than correcting your wrong life. Mm, I feel like preaching today. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's what we like. That's what, that's what, that's what drives us. That what pushes us, that what pulls us. But God is not interested in giving you a house or a car. God is interested in correcting your life, okay? So the scripture says, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things. Go to the King James Version, please. I think the King James Version says new things. King James Version. No, uh, King James Version. Let me just see. Oh, it's the Passion Translation. Okay, I also got here the King James. Okay, I don't have. Say some versions say I will show you great, new and unsearchable things that you know not of. That you know not of. I was thinking about this, and this is what I want to talk to you today about. Is that God is getting ready to show you great, new and unsearchable things. The challenge is this: is that most of us, we don't like new things in our lives. We can't embrace new. I remember I was going, uh, me and my wife were going to, I think it was John Dory's or some restaurant. And like me, I'm very, I'm the kind of person that will only eat what I know. I won't eat what I don't know. My wife is the kind of person that will eat what she doesn't know and then she'll tell me how it'll taste afterwards, right? So that's why even when, when somebody, somebody gives food, my wife is the first test, the tester of the food. She tests first and then I'll eat after she tests. But she must say it's nice before I eat it. So if you make something Ramon made, hey, well done, well done, your brioni. Ramon made brioni. Ramon made brioni. So Deline tasted it. Deline tasted it. She said it's nice. That was enough for me. I didn't even have to eat it. So your brioni is nice, even though I never eat it, right? I never eat the brioni, but it's nice. Because why my wife tasted it and she said, ah, it's, it's alright, it's nice. Okay, so when we were in the restaurant, there's all these platters of fish and they got this um, prawns and you know the fish restaurant and all these things like uh, whiskers coming out of these fish and on the, I'm like, hey, I need grace, brother Paul, to eat something like that. <laughs> then it was the crab and you can, you know that, that I know now Easter's coming, you're going to be eating crab and they sucking the crab and all that and out of, I'm like, I need grace for that. Then it's the pig feet and you need grace for pig feet. Then it's trotters, you need grace for trotters, sorry, uh, chicken feet. You need grace for all of these kinds of food. Because as for me, when I look at it, I can't try it. I, I can't try it. Even my mother, when she was cooking, I would not eat it. It's just, it's just tribe. I can never, I won't eat tribe. So when you invite me, make sure you don't cook tribe on that day. Yeah, because I can't eat tribe. I'll say I'm fasting, even though I'm not fasting. And there's nothing that you can do about it. Because <laughs> I'm doing a spiritual exercise, you know. <laughs> so it's the danger is that, is that my worry was that I was scared to do something new. 
I was scared to try out something new. So I start to hate and chips. I'm used of burger and chips. Don't make me go eat a curry if my wife is not cooking the curry because I don't know who's behind the stove cooking. And I might pay 70 rand for a curry that I might not enjoy and I'm not prepared to pay 70 rand and then get upset in the process because the food wasn't nice. So let me stick to a burger which is a standard thing that I can enjoy. So trying something new was very difficult for me to do. It was very hard. And for most of us, when God wants to bring something new in our lives, we find it very difficult to embrace that new thing. Why? Because we've never done it before. Some of you have been hurt by men broken and, and men have trampled you to the ground. And God brings somebody that is good, a good-looking brother. Well, let's not even worry about good looks. A man, God here in Manzama, comes. And because you have been hurt and broken by men, your view of men, so even when that man comes, the mindset is that he's going to break me, he's going to hurt me, he's going to leave me. But even though God has brought something new, so the pain from your previous relationships, you drag it into this new relationship. But it's not really new, it's just an old thing that's happening. Just the face is new. Why? Because you don't know how to embrace and receive something new. New? I can get somebody new. I can get a, a man of God. All the people that I had messed me up. Can I get a man of God? Can I get a woman of God? Absolutely, yes. Something new. But because we, we are scared of new things, because of our experience and because of your pain, you don't enter into that dimension. You don't enter into that realm. Why? Because you're scared. Because you're afraid. Up until now, I will not go to a restaurant and eat something that I don't know. Up until now and I've, e I've eaten in many restaurants but I've never eaten something new Leroy in restaurants because why I don't want to embrace something that is new I'm just comfortable with the old but the old is not allowing me Caroline to taste the good things that are out there so because of your failure to embrace the new, you're stuck and you're not allowed to taste the good things that are out there for you. You're not allowed to taste the blessings that are out there for you because you're stuck. I'm comfortable with what I have. I'm comfortable with this life. I'm comfortable with this old thing. Don't tell me that God has something different and requires something different from me because that difference is taking me to the unknown. And one of the things we are scared of is unknown. When you don't know what's going to happen, happen when you do this you don't know what's going to happen when you go there you don't know what's going to happen when you try that out so you say no 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 let me not go into the unknown let me just settle here i'm not used to being alone so i'll stay i'll stay with this person i'm not used to being uh um uh, what you, how can i say i'm not used to being fixed so i'll stay broken we're scared because we don't know what the unknown has for us because you have settled with the old stuff. The Bible says that in Corinthians 5.17. That once a person is in Christ. They have to embrace the new. <laughs> because the old you is gone away. And now you are a new person now. So it's important that as a believer. That everything that is new. You must embrace it and open your arms and say. Father I'm ready for every new thing that you would give me. Because the new thing opens doors for many possibilities in my life. I'm tired of settling the old way. I'm tired of coming into church with my old self. I'm, I'm tired of coming into the presence of God with my old self. I want to come in as a new person some people don't get saved Ramon you know why because they they're not sure what this new person new new a new me is going to look like 
not sure what a new me is going to look like. I can't stop smoking. I'm not sure what this new me without cigarettes or without drugs or without alcohol is going to be. They might call me boring. So I don't want to be called boring. So I'll embrace the old because the new, it's very strange. It's unknown to me. So you don't step into it because you're concerned of what's the unknown. Remember when God speaks to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Just go to Genesis 12 verses 1. I think it is. God speaks to Abraham and God says to him, get out of your father's house your mother's house, and go into a land that I will show you. Now, the thing when God said that, Clayton, was that God never tell him where the land was, how much uh, how much money he was going to use to buy the land. Well, God said, go, I'll show you the land. But without any directive of where that land was. You see, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of the country from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. So God was going to show him a land, but God never gave him the specifics Ramon, of what the land, of where the land was going to be. So Adam only had to do one thing, was to obey and to listen. I feel like God is even speaking to us as a church. Abraham, all he had to do was just obey and to listen to what God was saying. And in his obedience to listening to what God was saying, God was going to set apart for him. God is going to sit. Well, come here, Lyndon, for one minute. So God speaks to Abraham. This is Lyndon. Lyndon's Abraham. Lyndon is comfortable in his mother's house. Lyndon is happy living under his father's room because when he wakes up in the morning, everything is there for him. Find out you wake up, your clothes is there, your shoes is there, breakfast in bed, you know, things are, things are soft for him. His father's house is, is comfortable. He's been there for many years. And then the voice of the Lord comes and speaks to him. I want you not even to go marry somebody, but just to get out of your father's house. You see, when God wants to give you something new, he'll always tell you to let go of something old because he knows that the something, the something old can never ever come into the something new because you can't mix old with new. They don't work together. You understand? So he'll first have to get rid of the old so that he can present the new. He'll first have to get rid of old friends so that he can bring new friends. He'll have to get rid of old mindsets so that he can bring a new mindset. He'll get rid of old relationships so that he can bring something new. God, when he wants to give you something new, will make sure that the old has to go because the old cannot embrace the new because if you try and mix the old with the new it's not going to work baby it's not going to work it's going to be a competition the old will say i'm going nowhere but the new will say i want to go but the old will say no i want to stay here we used to this but the new will say come on let's embrace something else but the old will say no stay right here what you don't know what's here so god wants us to get rid of the old in order for the new to come so god said to him i know you're comfortable I know you smack your bali, eh? your bali is your bra, man. He taught you so much for so many years of your life. He taught you so much. But now it's time to get out. It's time to move. Move where, Lord? Do what, Lord? I will show you. <laughs> I will show you. No, man. They say we need to have a plan, a brain, no mark, a plan, yeah. We need to have something in order. Uh, Toffee, we need to at least organize something. I need to know some form of directive or some form of destiny. Huh? How can you tell me you'll show me? Huh? How can you tell me you'll show me? Zama, I call you and I say, go to Joburg or start the church. Where, Pastor? No, when you dare, I'll show you. Zama leaves her whole family. When she gets there, hey, Pastor, how can you do this? And now I'm set up. I don't even know where to sleep tonight. God said, I'll show you. So that's all that he had was God said, I will show you. But without any plan, he never had time to go to the drawing board. He never had time to check his finances out. 
He trusted God, Leo, with that word, and God said, I will show you. Stay yourself. So this is what God does in each and every single one of our lives. Ramon, he speaks a word and he says, Jeremiah 29 verses 11, For I know the plans that I have for you. It's plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and an excellent end. But God doesn't tell us how to get an excellent end. And he doesn't tell us how he's going to prosper us. And he doesn't tell us how we're going to be successful. All we know that is that inside of us, that God gave us a word that he said we're going to be successful. He's going to prosper us. But the destination or the, the journey along the way, he doesn't tell us. And the reason why God doesn't tell us is because God wants us to experience new things along each journey and along each process in life. God speaks, and I think it's in Corinthians or in Acts, the the Spirit of the Lord speaks to Paul and he says to Paul that the word of the Lord came to Paul and says that you are going to suffer many things along the way. Never tell him what he was going to suffer. Never tell him what he was going to go through. But just that said, you are going to suffer many things along the way. And God says you're going to be prosperous, you're going to be blessed. But he doesn't tell you the suffering along the way. So there's Lyndon at this speaker. Come, Lyndon. I think I did this illustration before. Lyndon, you're going to be a success. You're going to be great. You're going to be mighty. But Lyndon's not mighty now. Lyndon's broke now. Lyndon doesn't have anything now. Lyndon's in pain and hurt. But God said, you're going to be something great. Obey my word. Get out of your father's house. Get out of your mother's house and you become something great. So, Lyndon starts to take a walk. As he starts to walk, he experiences his best friends. The people that he loved so much. The people that he thought had his back were the people that stabbed him. And the people that betrayed him. And the people that left him. So, Lyndon now, he left his father's mother. He can't cry to daddy anymore. He can't cry to mommy anymore. He can't look for help from anyone anymore. Lyndon's alone dealing with something new. Dealing with new pain. New betrayal that he never experienced in his lifetime before. It's fresh for him. But God still says, for I know the plans that I have for you. It's plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a success. Lyndon can take that pain. He can take that frustration. He can take that betrayal. And stay where he is. And or say, I'm going back home. Going back to my father's house. I'm going back to do what I used to do. I'm going back where it was comfortable. And most of us, we like comfortable. So he left his comfort zone. But when he left his comfort zone, he left his comfort zone and he experienced a lot of trouble. But wait, I thought you said when I leave my comfort zone, I'm going to be successful. How is it possible that now that I've left my comfort zone, I'm still in a struggle? So he can say here or he can move on. And most of the times what happens to us is that whenever we are caught in a situation, we give up. We give up. Whenever we are in trials and tribulations, whenever something new that we can't embrace, that our emotions can't handle, that our heart feels like it can't, it's like it's too much for us. In that moment, we throw in the towel. But we're not ready to embrace the new thing. But I believe that we are that mindset that even though he slay me, yet I will still praise him. Even though they left me, even though they, they betrayed me, even though they said they don't want nothing to do with me, yet I will still praise him in this. And then God says, well done, my son. I'm about to show you great and mighty things. You see, because God, get this with God. God doesn't bless us microwave blessings. God needs it to go in the oven. It needs, he needs it to be cleaned. He needs them to take out all the, you know, the chicken. He needs them to take out all the feathers and pluck all of those things. Clean the dirty nails before the chicken comes to you. He needs to make sure that all of that, that process is done. 
so that's why you can't just get the chicken just like that and you still have to prepare it you still have to cook marinated and put the spices and everything and put it on the stove some of us boil the chicken before we cook the chicken and you know a whole lot of things why because you can't just put a chicken in a microwave raw as it is and think you're gonna eat a nice chicken on Christmas Day or on Easter why because there's a certain process that it must go through so it has to go through the process in order for you to enjoy KFC uh -huh. Now you can go and just say, hey, how's a Streetwise 2? And it comes. But before it came just like that, it had to go through a process. But we just like the takeaways. Call now, 15 minutes it comes. But God says, I'm not about to bless you like a takeaway. I'm not about to bless you like a microwave blessing. I'm about to bless you through the process. Because when I bless you through the process, when you get to the blessing, it won't kill you. It will rather promote you higher. You'll be mature for that blessing. You'll be mature for their blessing. That's why most of us, Brother Emmanuel, when the blessing comes, we can't handle the blessing. The blessing either kills us, takes us away from God, or destroys us. We always say anything that takes you away from God can never be God. Anything that takes you away from God cannot say, God, God how can you bless me with this? Father? I'm not spending time in your presence. God will say, who told you that I blessed you? Who told you that I blessed you? Who told you that it was me that gave? You know why? Because we think the enemy doesn't hear your prayers. We think Satan doesn't hear what you want. He knows you want that sexy mama. He knows you want that, that job. He knows that you want that business. He knows that you want that money. He'll never give you what you want. He kind of like paints a picture like this is what you want. You wanted a job, but this is not the job that God wanted for you. But I know you want a job, but because you weren't prepared to go through the process. And Satan brought a microwave job. And a microwave job because it wasn't cooked properly. Because it wasn't prepared nice. When you start to bite it, blood starts to flow. So the job that while you, because it wasn't prepared nice, when you start to get less and money comes around, you start to cry. You start to be in pain. You're wondering why this thing that's supposed to be a blessing is turning around to be a curse in my life. Because it wasn't prepared right for you. It wasn't cooked in the oven. It wasn't done. It wasn't cleaned properly. It just came like a microwave as a savior to your problem. But it wasn't really a savior. It was disguised and as, as an angel of light, but intended came as a devil to take you out of the presence of God, to stop your worship, to kill your praise, to kill your destiny. It came to destroy you, but you thought it was the blessing in disguise. Why? Because you weren't prepared to wait through the process. Sometimes we have to use this sermon, God, is this your will or is this not your will? And sometimes because we don't know the will of God, we take everything that the enemy gives to us and we think and we say, God bless me. Some people currently right now, they say, God bless me with a job, but we haven't seen him in church for three months or two months. God would not do that. Not God. Why would he give you something that will take you away from him? You can't pray. You can't read. You can't worship. You can't spend time with him. But you got money. And even the money you get comes and goes. And you stress you, you... It was the process. Why? Because it came like a microwave when you wanted it at a time. But your spirit wasn't ready for it. So God wants to give you something new. But before he gives you these new things, I think my time is almost up. Is that, a, is that going for 11 o'clock? It's 11 already. She was so bold to say it. It's 11 already. So she's like saying, Pastor, your time is up. Your, your time is up. Don't worry. I'll continue tonight. I mean, let me just give me, can you give me five minutes? Is that okay? So <laughs> I didn't even get into what I want to preach. She's like, hey, my mother's making nice macaroni and chicken today. And hey, so I need to go home and eat this food, man. <laughs> so then 
is Lyndon, but because he didn't want to go through the process, because he went through the process, even though they betrayed him, he walks. God says, I'm going to bless you, son. And then he went to another form of pain and another form of hurt. But he never stayed there. God says, I'm going to bless you, son. To the point where everything, I'm cutting this short. I was going to dwell on it, but I can't. Uh, because of everything that he went through and he was successful going through it, even though it took him 12 years, like a woman with the issue of blood, she suffered 12 years, going to doctors upon doctors, crying, asking herself, when will this end? How will this end? God, when are you going to turn it around for me? And you know what? When God does it, because she's been through the process for 12 years, suffering with a blood issue for 12 long years, People left her, people did all the things, laughed at her, isolated her, chased her away, rejected her. For 12 years, she was going through that. For 12 years, she was suffering in that manner. And then in one moment, in one session, they said, hey, Jesus is walking by. He's a man that heals. He's a man that touches. He's a man that delivers. He's a man that sets free. And then she said, hey, there is a man. I must just touch him once. And I believe my condition will turn around. So that one touch, that one simple touch, the pain that you've been through for 12 years does not compare to that one touch. The pain that you are in for so many years and the struggle that you are in and you are suffering for so long does not compare to when God would come in your life and touch you once. It's like a mother that is in labor and she's crying, ah, come out, I'm tired of you. She's come out of this. And you cry, when you hear the baby crying, when you hear the baby crying, all the labor pains for all those hours doesn't compare to the baby that you are holding in your hand. Your womb might tear, the, the, the midwives might shout at you, they may push mama, push mama. You say, I am pushing, they say, push mama. And you're pushing and you're screaming and people can hear you. When Delene was giving birth, I was traumatized. <laughs> traumatized, I was walking around like I'm crazy. The, other, the, the, the last hospital we went to, they said to me, they said, I can't come in. All I can hear was, screaming and i said no man then they called me come and cut and when i went to go cut i well did i cut it no i never i never ever cut both umbil umbilical cords i never i was too scared it's like i must cut that i was nervous that nurse came and she cut it for me she never even like helped me say or give me like you know some kind of support annabelle try brother try you can do this thing hey no she just came you don't want to cut it okay i'll cut it for you she cut it for me just like that how many men cut your uh, umbilical cords any men oh no one here Hey, hey, it's sad that they, they, they did wrong to us, Brother Dennis. They did wrong to us. Amen. So we must make sure that we, next time you must cut it. Amen. If there is a next time. Hey, shit, there is a next time. Hallelujah. So there was the pain for 12 years. But when the baby came, I saw on Deline's face, the most blessed face ever. Because the baby is on her chest. And she's tapping, oh, Jumunya, oh, look at my baby. And I'm like, this is not my child, look how white he is. And yeah, you know that, you know, because the baby's got that, you know, I'm like, this is not my child. Deline, Deline, this is not my child. <laughs> so you, I got worried in a sense, but the joy of the child, when the old babies come out white most of the time, right? Tears am I lying? I'm, okay, I'm telling the truth, you see. So I got worried, me, I'm a first time father, I'm seeing a white baby. I checked my skin, I checked her skin. I'm like, white. Ha ha, what happened there? Yeah. Nobody warned me, Ramon, that the baby has to come out like in that, you know? So I got a shock when I saw the baby. I'm like, Deline, Deline, why Deline? Why Deline? I thought you loved me. I thought you cared for me. How come this baby is like this? <laughs> 
let me preach so we can go. <laughs> so 12 years of a suffering, 12 years of a pain, 12 years of a misery, that when she touched Jesus' garment, all of it disappeared. And Jesus is like, come and go through the process with me. And then eventually, he's here now in the blessing. He's here with success. He can honestly say, if it had not been for the Lord that took me through the betrayal, if it had not been for the Lord that took me through the hurt, if it wasn't for God that when I was broke, He still upheld me, when I had no money in my account, when I was sick, when I was depressed, when I was suffering from anxiety, when everybody left me, when I had depression, if it had not been for the Lord that had taken me through all this, I would not have been here. I would have not been here. And this is going to be some of your testimonies. Is that if it had not been, I remember when I had no lights. I remember when there was no food on my table. I remember when I had no clothes on my back. I remember where all the help that I needed from people, they all left me aside. Don't worry about all of those. Those things, yes, it's painful. But one day you will be able to testify. If it had not been for the Lord. You see this car that I drive now? It was because I never had for a long time. You see this house that I live in, right? It's because I rented and I moved from house to house, house to house. You see the clothes that I have? You might look at my red, red bat, red, uh, pronouncing it right? You might look at my red bad now and you might say to me that mm, he's moving in style you don't know when i had clothes from the market you don't know when they had a clothing sale by the, sh- the spa i went to go buy clothes there you don't know the techies that i had i only bought it there because we couldn't afford anything now you see me with nike now you see mrs levi's now oh you see a name brand over here now you see me with levi's now you see me with red bad you're looking at me and you think you guys looking the other way now you see me with levi's nike and red bad you think that you think that I just made it here? No, I remember when I had no shoes. I remember when I was in pep. I remembered all the time. Why? Now I'm ready for the blessing because it's not the clothes that define me. It's not the jeans that define me. It's not the taxi. It's not the car that I drive. It's not the house that I live in. It's not my money in my bank account. It's the Lord that defines me. I'm still be, I'm able to handle the blessing that comes my way. I'm still able to handle the wealth that comes my way because I understand what it was like when I had nothing. I've been through the process. I've been through the pain and now I'm ready for the rain. Mm, somebody needs to put that under your status on Facebook and WhatsApp. I've been through the pain. Now I'm ready for the rain. Hallelujah. I've been through the pain. Put it on your Instagram and your Facebook status. I've been through the pain and now I'm ready for the rain. And somebody's about to experience the rain in their life because you have suffered for so many years. Hallelujah. Let's stand on our feet. Amen. Were you blessed? It was a short time. Amen. Don't forget tonight we meet. Amen. We meet at 5 o'clock. There's an announcement, amen, that we want to announce, but I'll announce it here very shortly. Uh, We're going to be occupying land, okay? We're going to be occupying land. So this land that we are currently, we saw, uh, we currently now need to get a bulldozer to to make that land level. So when the land is level, we're going to put our tent on that land. Uh, When we put a tent on the land, we'll fence it up nicely. So we'll have service in that tent until we can build nicely, amen, until we can do something properly. So it's good news amen it's something new for us hallelujah so i'm excited about it it's in winter still amen it's not outside of winter it's in winter so it's a good thing amen so i believe that god is blessing us amen and he's gonna grow and we're gonna grow and we're gonna grow and we're gonna grow and it's gonna be unending amen god's doing something amazing hallelujah please see how you hope his hope is just so that smile is just so amen <laughs> hallelujah lift up your hands amen very quickly before I do certain things, you are here today and you backslid. You're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
you don't know Jesus as your personal friend you're far from God you're disconnected from him and you want your life to change and you want God to change your life I believe that God is speaking to you believe that God is speaking to you and the word of God that that is coming today is specifically for you because you've disconnected from God it's time to return to the Lord amen I said it's time to return to the Lord amen I said it's time to return to the Lord if you are here and you say pastor I've backslidden I'm far from God I'm not saved I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior very quickly I want to pray with you today just come quickly to the front and just come come right here and stand with me right now I'm going to pray with you amen come let's give them a hand as they come amen they come into Jesus hallelujah come to Jesus amen come to Jesus Pastor, I'm far from God I want to get right with God maybe you're still there and you're saying I want to come and make things right God can only make it for me come on let's give the Lord a hand of praise amen I want to make right with God. Jesus save me. Jesus deliver me. Jesus set me free. Jesus make me over. Make me over. Make me over. In the name of Jesus. Is there anybody else that is saying, Pastor, please pray for me. I'm distant. I want to come back to Jesus. I want to do my first works. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. I want to do my first works. I want to serve God one more time. I want to give God my all. I want to get back to that place. Jesus be the Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. Come on, won't you stretch your hands towards these beautiful people. Amen. God loves them so much. Won't you say this prayer with me? Say, dear Lord Jesus. Come on, let's join them as we say this prayer together. There's such joy when somebody comes to Jesus. There's such joy when somebody comes and gets to know Christ. Say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today just as I am. Father, forgive me for all of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died for me. And from today, I am a child of God. From today, I am born again and I am saved in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray for them now. Come and pray for them. Father, I pray for them that, Lord, that you would keep them strong, that you would strengthen them in their faith, God. That, Lord, that even when the enemy is trying to wreak havoc in their lives, that, Father, that you would bless them, that your hand will be upon their lives. Keep them, Lord, under your hand, Lord. Keep them under the shadow of the Almighty. I pray a blessing on them right now. Be blessed. Prosper. May you increase. May you favor. May the Lord strengthen you and equip you. May you walk this walk of salvation with strength. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise, Lord, and honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Won't you do me a favor? Ramon, Brother Dennis, you can just take them in there and just pray with them. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you sit down for a minute? Amen. I'm going to call Sinead. Amen. Uh, to come. Hallelujah. Amen. So Nate is leaving for Bible college. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Isn't that a good thing? Amen. She's going to be doing a six months missionary, missionary diploma. Amen. Same thing that Nicola and... Oh, you also going, Lisa? You Come, Lisa, please. I even forgot. <laughs> Let's give Lisa a hand as well. Amen. Hey, I even forgot. Amen. You leaving when, Lisa? Friday. This Friday, yes. Okay, you won't be in church Sunday, so we'll have to pray for you today as well. Amen. So they're going to Bible College, amen. Uh, they're going to go do their six months uh, missionary. I diploma in missionary, amen. Isn't it amazing, right? When people go and